listening to The Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. You can listen to past episodes on thepotatopodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you enjoy the episode, be sure to give us a like and leave a review. This is Dave Alexander, and today we are talking to some people at the Washington, Oregon uh, Potato Conference and looking for new products and new technologies, new people we haven't seen before. There is a a new um, humidifier that Group Ag is distributing uh, called Forte Humidifiers. They're uh, made in Italy, and um, they're making quite a bit of noise with them, so we want to talk a to uh, Jake Meacham here from Group Ag and find out a little bit more about these humidifiers. Jake, hello. Hello. All right, so give us the lowdown here. They're, these things are smaller than I thought they'd be when I saw photos of them. Um, yeah, some people come up and think they're smaller. The form factor overall is smaller. The disc isn't much different in size than most spinning disc humidifiers on the market. They really are a comparable product that, um, compared to the industry average, offers better than average fog output for the humidity. And the biggest selling point is that we offer them at about a third of the price of what's on the market. So better fog and a third of the price. That's, uh, that's pretty pretty remarkable. Um, so with those kind of numbers, I'm guessing sales are going pretty well? Yeah, sales are going well. Anybody that'll stop and look at them and try them doesn't go back. So, um, basically these are controllable individually and you can wire them in to your control board in your storage. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And especially in this area, we partner with BTU Ventilation. They're a dealer for these in this area, so they can be contacted to reach them here or, or somebody could contact us directly. But, yes, we, we can run them individually. They can be used in a wide variety of applications, and primarily they do get wired into like a BTU-type panel to control it in this storage. And, of course, you can apply um, chemicals with these, right? Yes, as Group Ag, we looked for a humidifier for years that we could apply a chemical through the humidifier because they make a good applicator. This is the first and only one that we found that we can apply a chemical through and actually hold up. Okay, so that's uh, interesting. Now, if you don't know Group Ag, um, they they uh, label themselves as post-harvest specialists and vapor sanitizing fog and vapor sanitizing wash are two proprietary products of theirs and they are running these through the forte or running those chemicals through the forte humidifiers and they're holding up that's what you're saying right jake that's correct okay well check them out it um, is groupag.com and thanks for your time today thank you dave All right, uh, right now we are standing at the Rashco booth, and that is R-A-S-H-C-O, farmsupply.com. But what's interesting here is there's a new um, harvester and some potato equipment that we're unfamiliar with. It's called A-L-L-A-N. It's Allen Farm Equipment, 
and um, we're talking to David Hustis. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay, and David is out of uh, Prince Edward Island, and uh, we're going to talk about this harvester. What's different about it versus a normal harvester, David? Well, Dave, this harvester is built uh, on Prince Edward Island in the east coast of Canada, and it's powered with electricity. Uh, it's, to our knowledge, it's the only electrically powered potato harvester in North America. And being electric, it... Uh, not something you see every day in the fields around the local area here. Well, and that's what's uh, intrigued me and, and caught my eye about it, because like I said, this is kind of a new segment that we're doing here. So this um, electric and electric motor, I guess, is uh, is DC, AC, how does, how does it work? It's a three-phase 100-kilowatt generator that powers the unit. All the belts on the unit are individually controlled from the operator seat in the tractor. So you can control the belt speed at any time during your day while you're harvesting in real time. You can dial in the speed to maximize the efficiency of harvest and yet reduce the amount of bruise that's taking place while you're harvesting your crop. Okay, well that sounds pretty good. Bruise obviously is a huge topic these days. Uh, so the driver, just to kind of sum it up, can individually control each belt and slow them down, speed them up to aid in efficiency. Uh, what about the difference between electric and a hydraulic? What they, they're obviously, there's some maintenance things. You t talk about that. There's some uh, maintenance issues with uh, leaky hoses that can be a problem with a hydraulic unit. The other big issue can be if a hydraulic hose is, was to break in your field. And to meet the safety requirements uh, out in the field with oil being present around the food is not really looked on very favorably these days. So the, the electric option removes all of those concerns. All right, very good. Um, you're new to the U.S., but you've been building these in Canada and using them in uh, Prince Edward for how many, how long? We, our company's been in business for over 50 years. Uh, we started the electric harvester approximately six years ago. To date, we have uh, approximately 25 to 27 units on farms right now in Canada with orders for 11 more for next fall. It's really starting to become a popular item back home. Okay, so fantastic. It's, it's uh, new to us. It's not anywhere really a new product, so it's, it's tested, it's proven, but it's newer technology. So check them out at uh, allenequipment.com and the exclusive... Uh, Distributor is that uh, right? Is the Brashko in um, where you where is Brashko located? Moses Lake, Washington, 509-764-8466. We'll throw a couple links on this uh, podcast for you. David Hustis, thank you for your time today. Very very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Dave Alexander, and we are uh, at the Washington, Oregon Potato Conference looking at some new technology, some new booths people uh, we haven't seen before. Right now we're at seriesimaging.net booth, and that is C-E-R-E-S. Um, series is doing aerial uh, photography. Uh, or is, is it aerial or, or is it satellite? That's what we're going to find out. Right now we are talking to Jamie Barker, and Jamie is with Series Imaging. Tell us what this technology is, please. 
So series imaging is a, we do aerial imaging from fixed wing aircraft. Uh, we do uh, a number of different layers that can help with irrigation or fertility. Uh, we've got uh, thermal imaging as well. Um, we've got uh, two proprietary layers that are really good at spotting um, irrigation problems, problems with your uh, sprinkler packages. Uh, you can see the uh, the issues probably seven to ten days before the naked eye, so you can get out there and get it fixed before you have any crop damage. Okay, so, uh, it, but it's more than just center pivot type of analytics, isn't it? I mean, it, are, you, um, are you able to see nutrient information, that kind of stuff? Yes, so we've got another layer that's called our chlorophyll layer, and it's really representative of the the nitrogen in the plant, so uh, able to see those those areas that may be deficient in nitrogen that you can take care of before there's a crop loss. Okay, and so we, excuse me, we've uh, we've talked to some uh, other manufacturers before, mo mostly drone people that are using NDVI imaging. Is it, is that what this is? So it's a it's kind of the the next step on from NDVI. We we supply the NDVI as well. So I'll give you a quick list of all the layers that we we provide for the that you'll get if you if you sign up for our service. We do all the standard stuff, the natural color NDVI, um, color infrared. But beyond that, we do a thermal layer, which uh, I don't believe anyone else in the the imaging space is doing that now. So plus or minus one degree of temperature. Um, and then we, are, we have two proprietary layers that we've, we've developed ourselves. One is water stress, and it uses a combination of the thermal layer as well as crop modeling, so they know what a degree or two difference means as far as stress on the plant. Uh, and the second proprietary layer is chlorophyll. So that uses the, uh, the red edge. So it is, it's, it's derived in a similar way that NDVI is, but it's more forward-looking. Uh, more, you're able to see more nuanced things in the uh, the chlorophyll than you do in the NDVI. Um, Mid-season, when you're canopied over, you got a full canopy of spuds. The NDVI will just wash out; it'll just show all green. Uh, with our chlorophyll layer, you're going to see those layers uh, that are the areas of the field they're going to start to go down first before it's evident NDVI. Okay, so we got some some new imaging characteristics that are out doing. Pardon me, the outdoing NDVI. So um, somebody can contract for, do they have to contract for a season or can they just call you out and have you fly over once? We do, uh, we like to do the, uh, there's a number of different packages, anywhere from uh, like a limited coverage package, which is four flights per season, all the way up to 16 uh, flights, which is our enterprise package. Uh, we also have, all the data will be available on the, the web, as well as we have a very robust mobile app. Uh, the the mobile app's actually geo-referenced, so if you do have a problem in your field that you've identified in the imagery, you can open up the app. It's just like Google Maps where you have the dot where you're located, and uh, you can walk right out to a, a problem area in the field. And also be able to um, take pictures out there, geo uh, geotag those pictures, so... If you've got a field scout that spots something he doesn't know what it is, he can take a picture, it's geotagged, you can walk right back out to it. All right, very cool. It sounds like some really uh, useful and uh, beneficial technology. So it's 
Pretty complicated, though. You're going to want to check out uh, seriesimaging.net, and that's C-E-R-E-S imaging.net. Jamie Barker, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Have a good day. Dave Alexander, and we are still at the Washington, Oregon Potato Conference looking at some uh, mostly new technologies and, and seeing some old friends sometimes. This is a little different in instance because we are, we're at Parkland Potato Varieties, who is out of Edmonton, Canada. Um, and we're looking at their, their varieties, photos of their varieties anyway, and um, they're not brand new, but there's some new information about how they're working and and I also wanted to find out how much product actually comes into the U.S. So we are with Adam Nelbowich. Did I say that properly? No, that was pretty good, Nelbowich, but yes, you did pretty good. Adam Nelbowich. Um, and Adam is, again, with uh, Parkland Potato Varieties. Tell us, um, tell us about some of these varieties. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part, varieties that Parkland works with are, are coming from our breeding partner which is Agrico based in Holland so a lot of these are varieties that have been um, tested and trialed and and have some proven market share in in Europe and other parts of the world and and as Parkland we've determined that um, we think there's a, a market share capability for them in North America and have brought them over and and have now started to introduce them to the market here um, you know we have Yellows, reds, fingerlings, um, creamer-based varieties, chipping varieties, and, and more and more uh, pushing into some of the processing varieties that are kind of coming in the pipeline. So, okay, so we're in the we're in the northwest here, and they are predominantly, I would say, um, contract growers for processing. What's uh, what would be a good variety for these growers out here? Uh, yeah, actually, one of the new exciting developments with one of our varieties is, is the Roco. It's a red skin, white flesh variety um, that is now, as of this year, is a newly approved variety uh, for Lamb Weston for their red skin products, uh, red skin mash. Uh, so it's the Roco and, and Norland are, are two varieties that um, can be grown. So it has a obviously a fresh market uh, position that we've, we've been growing the Roco for I think 12 years now, but now it's it's finally uh, been approved by by Lamb. So a second outlet for it, uh, a new variety for growers to try that have been uh, growing the Norland for a while, and and a second home for it. So that's a definite uh, exciting opportunity. So anything, uh, any other ones? It, it's the market, uh, fresh market is what the Rocco is, though, isn't it? Typically. Typically, yeah, that's that's been its home for, like I said, for about the last uh, 10, 12 years. But but now to have its uh, dual purpose now, officially dual purpose, which um, approved by Lamb Weston. So, yeah, that's our goal. Most most our varieties are um, strictly fresh market, but varieties that do have the dual capability, um, you know, gives gives growers, gives seed growers, you know, gives us uh, uh, more opportunity. What about uh, this variety called Constance? I don't believe I've seen Constance before. Yeah, Constance. Constance is a very exciting variety for us. It's um, we we call it kind of the new improved Yukon Gold. Um, beautiful bright skin finish, uh, great yielder, relatively farmer friendly. 
um, and a little bit higher dry matter. So it kind of can do anything for um, your, your fresh pack yellow with roasting. Uh, you can do home fries with it, uh, mash. Um, and it's we, we're in our third year of commercial sales with the variety, and it's really starting to take off. We've had really good feedback, and the variety's kind of selling itself. We do some in Washington, a lot across Canada. It's 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 really uh, really going well for us. So beautiful yellow variety, that's making a name for itself. All right, very good. Um, so check out these varieties and several others at ParklandPotato.com. We'll, of course, put the uh, the link on our website for you uh, as well, so it, it make it easier. And, um, Adam, thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm not going to try your last name again, and it's because I don't want to mash that all up, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, and yeah, reach out on um, our website, and, and Dave will post a link. But we a lot of our seed is produced in Alberta. Um, that's starting to change a little bit. We're starting to get seed in in more regions a little closer to to the markets and um yeah we'll uh we can we probably do uh 60 70 percent of our business south of the border so it's it's available very good all right thanks so much in the chili jim smith tell us uh, a little bit about the company so so sqm i swear it's working this time so, so SQM is a Chilean-owner-based company, headquartered in Santiago, Chile, uh, globally headquartered in the United States and Atlanta, Georgia. I'm in the Pacific Northwest as an SQM territory representative. Uh, our primary product is potassium nitrate. Uh, the manufacturing process for that is actually kind of interesting is the fact that we, we surface mine caliche rock in one end of the Atacama Desert in Chile put it into heaps, uh, which we leach water through onto plastic or rubber mats, if you will. These heaps are huge. They're 50 meters by 100 meters by 600 meters. As we leach that water through there, we get sodium nitrate and iodine. On the other end of the desert, we pump salt brines to the surface. We put those in settling ponds. As they settle out, concentrations of salts change. We use that salt from anything from potassium chloride to sulfate of potassium, etc. We take those two products, we put them together, we add a little heat, Nothing more, no other synthetic additives, just heat. The sodium falls away, or the chloride falls away. The sodium falls away. We wind up with pure potassium nitrate. Well, that's interesting. Um, you mentioned earlier that, um, that there was lithium in, that you were mining as well. So from those salts that we talked about a moment ago, so those salts, we can run those out several ponds down, if you will. So we, we begin with basically uh, potassium salts. If we let those concentrations continue to decline, or the evaporation continue to decline, the salts can be used uh, at the very end of that string of ponds, if you will, uh, to produce lithium salts. We supply, I can't remember what the exact percentage is, but a large percentage of all the lithium used for energy storage. Uh, they use it for, of course, lubricants that's used in mascara, makeups. So yeah, anything that has lithium in it is quite possibly it's our lithium. Okay, so as far as the potassium nitrate goes, um, talk about the benefits of using it. So potassium nitrate in potato production is gaining a lot of traction in the last three years as we've had rep representation. Um, the thing that it does is, so most potassium sources have, for example, MOP or potassium chloride is heavy in chloride. And so 
uh, chloride is detrimental to potato production in the fact that it, it decreases specific gravities, the weight of potatoes. Sulfate of potash is also can be very detrimental in the fact that it contains uh, a high analysis of sulfur. Sulfur can contribute to root rot, it can tr contribute to soil salinity, different things. So potassium nitrate has neither of those. It has no chloride. It has less than 2% sulfur. It's pure potassium, pure nitrate. Once it is, once it comes in contact with water, it's immediately taken up by the plant. Uh, there's no need to wait for conversion. You're not waiting for it to become a nitrate. It enters the soil as a nitrate, taken up as a nitrate, the most efficient form of nitrogen available. So it's a awesome um, setup that you've got here. How does a grower determine how much to use? So potatoes require, depending upon where you're, you know where your, your production is, um, somewhere around say 400 pounds of applied K through in the through the season. That would be a nice average, probably three to 400 pounds. And we we can be all of that potassium as potassium nitrate, or they can do still you know do blends. That's what that's fairly popular to use us as part of a pre-plant broadcast. Very popular application is to use us as a top dress um, to finish potatoes from about tuber set through row closure okay well very good um so where can where can we send folks to get some more information you have a, a good website that's got some videos or anything like that on it absolutely yeah you can add uh you can contact us at sqm.com or you can contact me at jim.smith at sqm.com and we will uh throw a link up on the podcast uh for you as well jim smith Thank you for taking the time out today to visit with us. Uh, we had a, a few little challenges here on the uh, technical side of it, and Jim was good enough to be patient and get through it with us. Thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. This is Dave Alexander, and I'm still at the Washington, Oregon Potato Conference, and uh, we are with Judy Henninger. And Judy is with AgWorld. AgWorld has had a uh, golf tournament that has raised an amazing amount of money over the years and has now expanded that golf tournament into two days. But I'm going to let Judy give us some uh, details. Hello, Judy. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Dave. It is our privilege to talk to you about our AgWorld Golf Classic. We have hosted this event for six years in Kennewick, Washington. In the last two years, we have had to turn players away. The course is filled with 144 players each year. And so this year, instead of turning those players away, we have decided to expand the event to have two tournaments, one on June 2nd and one on June 4th. The June 2nd one will be in Kennewick, as the past six years have been. And the new one is going to be on June 4th in Moses Lake, Washington. All right, so um, let's talk a little bit about those courses, the Canyon Lakes one. I'm not even going to say much about that because that's going to sell out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced. The links at Moses Point is the new tournament and um who knows what's going to happen with that it'll most likely sell out but can you talk to us about that course a little bit the course is um 
one of the newer ones in Moses Lake. And so we're happy to have the event at the um, that course the, in the links. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So let's talk quickly about how much money has been raised over the year. La last year, the Ag World Golf Classic raised over $100,000. And, um, oh, and Judy just gave me this information sheet right here. The, the first date was in 2014, so there have been one, two, three, four, five, six years, and a total of $427,000 has been raised in those six years, and all of that has gone to the Ronald McDonald House Charities. So if you're a golfer, we encourage you to to get involved. Check out the Ag World Golf Classic, which uh, you can find online. Uh, what's the website? eggworldgolf.com there are also um, you can also register um, to golf and sponsor they're still look, always looking for sponsors up until uh, the very last so it's the seventh annual this year worthy very worthy um, donation and we encourage you to get involved judy henninger thank you for joining us today thank you dave The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. We do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates.